Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Hello, welcome everyone to The Distraction. I'm Jeremy Lambert, joined by the chubby chief, the Jesus chief, Kazuchika Okada in the background. Coming live from his closet, I believe. Is Moira Rose in there with you, Joseph? No, but I am in. Ready for this, Jeremy? I'm in the vestibule <laughs> of a prison cell, apparently. Here's where I am, folks. Uh, they've allowed me to do this podcast. Uh, circumstances such, this is quite the outing for me. The back is in quite the position. I would like to lean, but I, I feel that sort of ruins the visual aid of the program. So instead, I will be doing this show as though I am reporting from a war of some kind. <laughs> That's um, exactly yes. what it looks like. You, you look like you're in the bunker, you're holding the mic, <laughs> and you're just doing a news report. Uh, yes, and in the meantime, <laughs> I've put up some artwork of Kazuchika Okada in the meantime. Just, <laughs> just in case, for some visual effects. I hear we're talking about wrestling today, and frankly, that sounds like it could be a true task. In my current scenario. So here we go, folks. I'm ready. I mean, we can talk about whatever we want. We don't have to talk about wrestling. It's our show. True. I mean, the problem is... Should we talk about Stan Van Gundy? Yeah. Let's build a fucking wall and talk about Stan Van Gundy. <laughs> okay. Is it fair or unfair that Stan is now, like, perceived as just definitely good coach again? Is that is that right or is that wrong? Help uh, me. It's, it's definitely wrong because <laughs> this is what happens. Guys do media... For like a few yeah. years, and and Stan Van Gundy is great on these media shows, but people forget that he was just kind of like an average coach with the Pistons and stuff. I mean, he, he made it to the finals with the uh, Magic, right, fifteen years ago, and Dwight Howard won won a championship this year. So what's old is new again. Stan, I I'm looking forward to Stan. <laughs> I can't get over you at this mic. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Stan uh, in New Orleans. Yes. So I'm like, speaking of non-wrestling topics, I was flicking channels last night, and I came across a new musical. Um, have you seen this? 
Jeremy. It stars ex-professional wrestling star <laughs> Chris Jericho. Have you seen this? I think I did see this. This was a spinoff of his uh, Dancing with the Stars run, correct? Yes. And all I could think was, thank goodness this isn't wrestling because it would be making a mockery of the proud art I love. That's all I could think, Chris. I mean, I mean Chris, you're not Chris, are you? You're Jeremy. Yes. <laughs> My phone is now ringing. Folks, there could be an update on the war. This is very, this is very problematic. <laughs> Should we do? Should we talk about the AEW? You want to talk about? It? I heard you have a hot take. I've been I told do. you have a hot take. I do have a hot take, take on this musical. Here's my hot take: They should not be allowed to send that steak back. Okay? They ordered this steak. Yes. It came out extremely rare, blue rare, whatever they called it. And then they're like, "We got to send this back." This is what you guys ordered. This is what you ordered. How can you send it back if this is what you ordered? So, and then they did a big old dance in the middle of this restaurant as well. I would have booted these fools out of this restaurant for complaining. They they made the waitress feel bad. They just took over the restaurant and did this dance. They should have been kicked out. All right, that's my hot take. They should have been kicked out of this whole thing. So that's the hot take you previewed. You, 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 you used to tease the program, to be clear. <laughs> yeah. If so... This show is very much unmarked. <laughs> okay, let's do this conversation because I frankly have very little to say about it, but it's an See? interesting conversation, <laughs> I guess. That's the thing is I don't have much to say about it either. That's my I honest guess. hot take is that <laughs> I really I don't have much of an opinion on it. Like it was fine, but I'm not up in arms that they did it and I'm not praising it as the greatest thing ever. So I think Jericho has like reached a point where he's done so much insane stuff that we almost like take for granted how insane it is. I do anyway. I would say like when he did it, I was just like, okay, yeah, it seems insane. Chris would think it was clever, <laughs> and it is clever because you know it was well done. I'm not knocking it. I just I kind of am perplexed at the way that people, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying I'm kind of amazed that some people are like this is the best thing I've ever seen. That to me is like really. I didn't think it was the best thing on the show. Like, uh, you know, that's weird to me. But then equally, I think it's much weirder when people are like, I am forever done with Tony <laughs> Khan. No way, full gear, take that. Like, I don't... To me, it's just like, it's just Jericho doing his thing, right? Like, he does wacky stuff. Some of it you'll like, some of it you won't, but it's just silly wrestling stuff. That's where I think you stand, right? I, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> anybody actually tuning in for, like, a hot take on this, they're just going to be disappointed that they're just like, oh, they thought it was fine. What are you doing? you got to be on one side of the spectrum here, yes. Joseph. Isn't that what social media has taught us? Like, yeah. everything's got to be the best ever or the worst ever. Like, nothing can just be in the middle. And that's kind of where we're both at with this. Is like, like, I, Jericho, bless the man, he, he's a creative, creative person. He likes to just do his shit, uh, and in AEW, he gets away with doing a lot more of his shit than he did in WWE, and, you know, some of it hits, some of it misses, but he's gonna get it out there, and he's got a ton, ton of ideas. This was an idea he had, they, it was well-performed, I mean, MJF crushed him in the performance, but it was well-performed, it apparently took, like, 12 hours to shoot, they were shooting it until 2am, you know... It, wrestling is ballet isn't this the hot take now wrestling is now ballet like anyone who who says like yeah it ain't ballet I'd be like eh, did you see this mjf jericho segment there was some ballet there that's my hot well, take in fear of sounding like a nerd that was always a very dumb phrase <laughs> because like ballet is like infinitely tough i mean i don't say it's tougher than wrestling but it, it probably is tougher than wrestling i mean i'm just saying 
It would always be a classic. Would you say that's a better video game commentary line than Educated Feet? They're both good. Like classic. <laughs> don't be if Taz would drop the ain't ballet deal a lot. Um, look, I think we're we're the same on this. We need to be more kind of like right now. Currently, you wonder where I am. I'm actually reporting from in the <laughs> middle of the war between pro uh, musical performance and and anti. So I'm in the middle of that right now, and I just don't. But my takeaway from from Dynamite this week was the Moxley and Eddie promos. I log on to the Twitter machine and everyone's like, should we ban wrestling? <laughs> should we should we just get rid of wrestling? I don't know, man. Look, it's it's a variety show, right? If you're still sticking to the thing of like, you know, Tony Khan said sports, I get it. Done. But they've made it pretty clear at this point. I think they've played their hand enough. Hey, Dynamite is a variety show. Raw and SmackDown are variety shows. And NXT is a black and white... Um, what? No, no, no. We don't. We don't talk. Pat McAfee, the Pat McAfee brand. That's what it's called. Yes. I don't know what NXT is, but we can talk You're about right. Pat McAfee. You're right. No, I apologize for that. Ring of Honor is the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Is what <laughs> I was meant is. to say. Yes. Um, so you go into like this variety show by definition, almost. You shouldn't really like everything on there. As long as I get enough stuff I like, I'm fine with that. And I think Dynamite this week for me was about. Eddie and Mox making the most of about three minutes of TV time, and then um, Penta and Phoenix having like a kind of TV classic that people will probably look back on fondly. So, are you with me on that much? That's they're the highlights, right? The the sports argument is is so dumb because I tweeted in like November that those rankings were meaningless, and then they've just become yep. more meaningless since then. Cody always said it's going to be a buffet. Like, he, he used the Eric Bischoff line a million times. I don't know how many times I heard that damn line before Dynamite about it's going to be a buffet, going to be a buffet. That's what this was. Yeah, you're right. And, like, you're not going to enjoy everything on this show unless you're just looking for straight wrestling matches. And, like, mm-hmm. Dynamite does that too. But they're trying to appeal to a bunch of different audiences. And that's fine. This hit with some people. If you were just looking for straight wrestling matches, go watch New Japan. Go watch ROH. That's what they're doing right now. So go watch that stuff. But AEW is going to do this variety act because this is what the Bucks like to do. Even like Omega likes to do. Omega with his dorky, prickly uh, entrance thing, which I turned the corner on. I thought it was great by the end of it. But, yeah. you know, if you want the IWA or IWA, IWA Mid-South, if you want that, Cody's there for you. Um, not IWA Mid-South. Uh Moxley and Eddie, yeah, that was the standout stuff to me. Mainly Eddie Kingston, and I think wanting to murder Jim Ross is that yeah. is that a fair way to put it? He was ready to he was ready to stab Jim Ross in the face. I think like he did to the kid who hit him with a baseball bat in the streets when he was growing up. He sees he senses there's hate in going after Jr. <laughs> and like, I don't know if that's true. It may be true, but everyone else who goes on commentary is like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bully Excalibur, maybe Tony, and I'm going to be like, Jim knows what he's talking about. Eddie Kingston is like, sorry, Jim, what did you say? Do you want to fight me, Jim Ross? And Jim seems annoyed that he has to like then up his level a little bit. I mean, Eddie is... You know, I'm actually not going to do the Eddie deal this week. Moxley deserves love here. Because what Moxley's able to do is, as champion, as babyface champ, he takes whoever's against him. He adapts accordingly. He lets them have like the spotlight and the shine. Everyone's always talking about them, like you know, 
Um, let's think of a good example. Who was his... Brody Lee had that great show in, right? And it's like Moxie just keeps keeps going along while everyone's like, he had a great show, and this guy did. And then by the end of the day, you realise the real star... I mean, Eddie's great, but Moxley is able to adjust. He can be the underdog against these big guys. He could be funny against MJF, you know, depending on comedic taste. He can be edgy and tough against, against Eddie. So he's done remarkably well. And the, the the story they're telling already with that is just terrific. I can't wait for uh, full gear. You broke the news that this is going to be an I Quit match. You yeah. said this on, on our show like three weeks ago, I'm pretty sure. So what happens is, Jeremy, is if you watch the shows, uh, you often can figure out what's going to happen. Because the thing about wrestling is it's many things, but it, or very seldom is it like sort of staggering in terms of the way it's going. So what I would suggest when I'm watching this that isn't currently in a war bunker is there's a real business out there and a career to be made in just watching the shows and then predicting things and saying sources say. Yeah. Now, no one has ever done this before, to be clear, because it would be a ridiculous... But if you really think about it, I mean, I just did it. If I'd have just said sources say, currently this would be on Reddit, and they'd be saying, what's wrong with Joe? Why is he stuck in the bunker? <laughs> this is on, There's a career in this. Um, but yes, I, I, it was obvious they were going this way. The question is, how do you do the finish without modern wrestling fans losing their minds about protection and, oh, he's buried, and, you know, you've got to obviously be clever because... Fans are very, they're very scared of guys kind of getting destroyed by booking, and I get it. But at the same time, it's like, dude, Eddie Kings didn't have a job four months ago. Like, <laughs> I think you could say I quit and cut a promo the next week and be fine. I really don't think it's a big deal. But that's pitch, pitch your, because I think you did it uh, off air. Pitch your idea for for Eddie Kingston to win the title on how he gets Moxley to quit. Because if they do this, I want to make sure it's out in the universe. And everyone credits us as they should. Before I say this, I want to be clear in saying I do not condone any of the actions. <laughs> My suggestion is that as they fight through the crowd after like 20 minutes, they fought over the whole building. Renee Young is sitting in like a booth somewhere, like a private area. And Eddie just by chance like falls into this area. Like he lands around that area. Opportunity arises... He snatches Renee and threatens to, I will, for the sake of um, <laughs> podcast content, say, hurt her, uh, which I don't think is what I said last time, but I didn't say anything too edgy either. I thought I just said kill. I now I'm it sound worse than it is. He threatens to kill her, effectively, unless John Moxley says, I quit. Therefore, Moxley loses. Eddie wins the belt in the most horrific fashion imaginable, but does like a Rocky Balboa celebration. Because <laughs> after all, that's the character, right? He's sold his soul. He's just desperate to make it at this point. Um, I'm aware before you tweet me that Renee Young can't do this, that, and the next thing. I know. But I'm just saying, what a finish. That would, that would be the peak Eddie Kingston finish. Could she not do this? Like, you don't have to identify her as Renee Young. Just... You grab her. She's just a random person in the audience. Trusting JR with that after four hours. (laughs) Imagine. Just mute his mic. Mute his mic. Mute him. Maybe even mute Tony. Trust Excalibur that that he won't say. You know what? Just mute the entire announce team. Like, just have Kingston grab her and just, you know, he's got the mic because he's going to be saying, like, you know, say I quit or I'm going to do something. And then Moxley quits. And, like, you just do it cold like that instead of having commentary talk over it they can't sue over that it's a 
you know, they're not using her name. They're not identifying her or anything. It's It would be the same thing as Britt Baker appearing on NXT. Yeah, exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, no, definitely no difference there. No. I mean, I, I do think... Like, I don't want to make a fool of myself here and convince myself Eddie's winning the title, but I'm 99% Eddie's... No, I'm... I'm <laughs> but there is an argument that Eddie could win the title and drop it again on TV. Like, I, I think our friend Jack Crosby said this. He was like, you know, Dynamite's a great show, and you don't have to do it often, but there is something to be said for just doing, like, a shocking title change on Dynamite with the world title. And Eddie winning it here and then dropping it and say, when's Revolution? End of February? Yeah, there? Fe- yeah, sometime in February. I think it was early last year, but February, regardless. Well, you know, Eddie dropping it in late December, early January, like... I refuse the notion that it would hurt Eddie Kingston to get a short title run. Any title run for Eddie Kingston would be like the ultimate. So, I guess the reason I say that is because, as great as I just said Moxley's been his champ, it's like, what would be his program to get him from from full gear to revolution? Because you've now he's now beat like three of the big guys, right? I don't think anyone wants to do another one of those anytime soon. So, I don't know. It's something worth keeping in mind, I think. I, I think you can do it. I might totally talking myself into it because i guess they're going moxley and omega um mm-hmm. seems to be the direction but you can still go in that direction extend yeah. the the moxley kingston feud another couple of weeks by putting the title on kingston even you know what you don't even have to do that you can you can have omega win the title on dynamite after he wins this tournament which i assume is happening and then you can do moxley and omega in February at that pay-per-view and just say Omega wants to... Because he lost that match to Moxley, right? If I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I'll just say Omega wants to avenge that loss because it's it's very simple to do this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Well, that's the kind of um, elephant in the room, so to speak, is even if it's early February, that's three months, right? It's like if he wins the tournament of full gear... That almost makes more sense, what you just pitched, than having Kenny just be number one contender for three months. That's a lot of programming with the way they do TV. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to watch play out. At the end of the day, I'm just happy we're getting this feud. It's. I was very optimistic about Eddie's chances in AEW because he's a great promo. And frankly, a lot of the guys on that roster, they just don't, like... It's not their bad promos, but a lot of them aren't great at, like, telling... a kind of coherent story with their own voice um i think the closing segment of that show captured that rather well with the ftr young buck stuff which i have lost all like i, was, I have no clue i no was gonna clue. say what was the closing exactly. segment of that yeah. show and eddie's always been great at that because he always knows what his character's doing right yeah. so i always had a good chance but my god he's there in three months like you can't you can't do better um i think it's worth talking about briefly like so ftr do that big attack <laughs> And I'm just sitting there like, but I don't like the Young Bucks anymore. They're heels now. They've super kicked Tony Schiavone. But what is going on? Am I missing something? They, they completely botched this feud. Just it was. The, I think so too. It was the easiest feud to tell. You just, it was a dream match. Both teams think they're the best team in the world. You have them win a bunch of matches. You set up the match, and that's it. Instead, they wanted to do this sort of heel turn that wasn't the young bucks like like dicks ftr back and forth 
the the random attack with Tully. Now they're trying to get sympathy on the Bucks. Like, oh, is his leg gonna be okay and stuff? It's like I don't care if his leg's okay. Like you said, he super kicked Tony Schiavone. What do I care about this dick for? Yeah, it's like that angle was as though someone had just walked in without watching the show and was like, oh yeah, this is like you know Arn and Oli versus Rock and Roll. Cool. Let's do a cool like you know he hurt his leg. We can work that in the match. Hey, he they aren't Rock and Roll. They're they're dicks. <laughs> They've been dicks for, for like two months now. I, I just, and that's what I mean. Like, I mean, I'm not one of these, you know, young bucks suck guys. I think that's just ridiculous. But I think there's an argument to be made that they're not, almost at times, weekly TV is a hindrance to them. I, I really mean that. Like, this match to me would have been better if they had just announced it and was like, that's happening at full gear and we never saw FTR until the match. Would it have been less of, a, of an appeal to you, Jeremy? Because to me, it's either the same or bigger. Yeah, again, just just have them win matches. Like, I don't need this backstage yeah. stuff and whatnot. Especially with the Bucks. Like, I don't know what the Bucks were doing before mm-hmm. this, this Fatal 4-Way. I can't recall them. I'm sure they won some matches, but I don't remember anything that they've really done outside of just yeah. go around super kicking people. But it's not it's not difficult to sell, like, dream matches and stuff. But I just think... This happens a lot now as well with, um, and I'm not doing the WWE also sucks thing, guys. I know that's annoying, but I'm just, for example, you know when like WrestleMania season now, they even struggle with this when they have the match, the world title match booked after the Rumble. You know, and it'd be like, you know, the Brock's the champ to say, guy wins Rumble, we have two months to build this match for WrestleMania. And by the time it gets around, you're like, dude, I don't even want to watch this match anymore. <laughs> like, I've had enough. There's just, it's a lost art building a story on weekly TV. And I, I think AEW's done it well at times. This has been a great example of them completely just misusing their time and actually overcomplicating things into such a mess that you're left kind of going, okay, is this a dream match or is it a personal conflict between four people I don't like? I have no clue. So hopefully they can get that it's, back on track. It's something. a dream match. Haven't you seen the latest T-shirt? I've seen none of the T-shirts, okay. let alone the latest T-shirt. I'm currently stuck in a bunker. <laughs> I see no t-shirts. Okay? It's a t-shirt see... company, Joseph. It's a t-shirt company first and a wrestling company yeah. second. So you got to watch the t-shirt product before you watch the wrestling product. Out of interest, Jeremy, how many people that watch Fightful, like they watch the big shows, you know, like not Paul White, the, you know, the reviews and stuff, and they're like, oh, I'll check out that distraction. I kind of like Jeremy on the SmackDown show. And they hit no click ever. and they see... They see this image of Okada <laughs> looming over me while I'm stuck here between a door and, and they're like, this guy is out of his mind. Click <laughs> off immediately. I want to see there's a view, like I want to see the, the statistics on this, but I also would like to see how many people that only listen to our show have decided they now have to just turn it off and watch it because we've built up this visual so much. But in reality, <laughs> it's the blandest thing ever. But Come on, you got Jesus Okada behind you yes. looking like the... It is the, good. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> okay, back to wrestling, whatever we're talking about next. Yes. Um, I think that's it from AEW. Anything else? Kenny Kenny Omega is back. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of Kenny Omega just squashing people. I'm happy with any opportunity to boo Kenny Omega, so thank you, Tony <laughs> Khan. I think he's so much more interesting as a villain. Like, as he a is. hero, he's just... You know, I, I thought it was really good the way that he like, had given himself this grand entrance. He wrestled in like, North Carolina once. That's where yes, I'm doing this uh, podcast from. Very true. I've had sort of my bunker here, which is in the middle of Twitter debates. <laughs> this very yeah, but Kenny, the idea that he like is almost doing this thing of you know, okay, now I'm serious. Time to be the star I was supposed to be. It's such a dick thing to say. So I'm I'm delighted with it. I mean, I just like I'm concerned again that 
they overcomplicate it and he starts cutting promos about you know video games or whatever yeah yeah that could be that could be trouble i don't need to i don't need him to tell me how many great matches he's had as well that's yeah speaking <laughs> of that if tr i know you watch the show i like you very much stop doing the Meltzer thing please i've had enough <laughs> i don't care i honestly do not care like, please, enough is enough. They also get good ratings from Dave Meltzer. This isn't like, you know, um, I don't know, man. Give me an example. This isn't like Earthquake being like, well, take that, Randy Savage. You got a good star rating once. <laughs> it's not. This isn't a wrestler who's misunderstood by it. Everyone loved the revival. Sometimes weird, they, get... like, they try to be too inside, and it's like, yeah. all right, like I get who you're playing to here, but they're going to watch the show and enjoy the show regardless you don't need to like say their name to pop them but you know ricky starks if you want to do that on the show for us after we got you signed you can do that all right ricky if you want to drop a distraction mention we'll pop for you ricky starks is gonna be chasing moxley for the title and he's gonna be like yeah sure jeremy and joe put you over on the distraction podcast on com, but that doesn't mean anything to me john moxley that'll be good stuff i actually i apologize to FTR. just change the names to joe and jeremy <laughs> or Jeremy and Joe, fair. And that all good. We're cool with that. Yeah, you didn't mention our name. Meltzer's got enough fans and 300 people that he quote tweets, 300 people followers. Impact, Bound for Glory, is on Saturday. What a transition that was, right? Impact, Bound for Glory is on Saturday. This is a show, Joseph. You watched like 15 episodes of Impact uh, yesterday. <laughs> are you are you re- are you requesting a trade? Back to back to Nashville? No. no. <laughs> I am. I have was been a quick no. The, I've been looking at the Baltimore depth charts, though. I'm becoming <laughs> rather, rather... I'm warming to the ring. I'm, I'm now a subscriber of Honor Club. Jeremy, do you know this This exists? Honor yeah, Club? I knew it exists, but I didn't know you were a subscriber. Okay, I see no talk about it, but it's actually pretty cool. There's a seven-hour Daniel Bryan DVD on there, which I will probably never watch, but I'm glad that it's there <laughs> if I need it one day. Um, so, Impact. Here's my takes. I have one take, really. Scott Damore is a top five character in wrestling television. The reason for this... Wow. ...being that over the last two months, which I all watched in one day, <laughs> Scott Damore's character, he's, like, losing his mind. And every week, something insane happens to Scott Damore, and he looks more and more like he's out of control. Scott, I don't know if this is a work or it's just the reality of you taping this many hours of TV at once, but I want to commend you because I thought it was wonderful television. I loved every minute of it. So I have that. I don't think I have anything else. Did you watch him on the uh, talking shop, Extra Keg, whatever they called that little gimmick? Did, did you watch that? I mean, I reiterate, I did watch legitimately like seven episodes of the Impact show. I could not watch more Impactness. But I'll watch it at some point. I'm sure it was good. Um, I don't know if I'd go that far, but... <laughs> okay i believe you i mean it was yeah it wasn't even they were clearly trying to make it bad just like talking shop mania but a lot of the jokes didn't like completely land scott steiner was there though but scott demore was once again just losing his mind and acting like Mm. maybe not even acting and wondering why he has put up with all this bullshit and signed all these guys and just let them do what they want it's very interesting because the Gallows and Anderson signing, I want to give them credit because uh, Impact, I mean. they When you watch the show, they still do feel like big stars on the show in the sense that they aren't 
they haven't done that thing with them that they do with so many guys where they just become like part of the furniture. It's like, we signed Kurt Angle and it's two months later. <laughs> oh God, what's Kurt doing now? Who's next? Who are you signing next? And Kurt's, a, you know, he's a bad example because they did good stuff with him. But when you watch the show, Gallows and Anderson um, feel like big stars. However, unfortunately, because of the way Impact is apparently destined to be forever, it seems more traction is given to the stuff they do that isn't Impact. Yes. Am I wrong about this? Like, no. This is a real thing, right? Yeah, 100%. That talking Shop of Mania, I don't know if it out, outsold Impact, but yeah, that probably got more traction and buzz than their their actual Impact debut, or especially this match. Like, I think you tweeted it. Why are we? Why do we need the North and Ace Austin and Madman Fulton in this match? Just do Good Brothers against Motor City Machine Guns. This has become a really weird part of like the tag team genre for major promotions and yes impact you are now listed as a major promotion because what happens is is that you do these tag feuds through the year and then timing is such you get to the big show it's like okay the north have to be on the show because they're a great tag team and they're champs for forever but the reality is that you're right like no one needs that here so what you should do is figure out another tag team program for the North on the undercard because there's only so excited I can be for a four way in the, in for a tag team wrestling match. Um, because it's, you know, it's, it is what it is. I feel I've seen these matches a million times. And the, the issue as well is, is Gallows and Anderson aren't really, this isn't really their kind of match. Is it, you know, a fatal four, everyone does cool moves. It's like, okay, sure. They're just another team in that same. So it's disappointing. I think the two standout matches on, on this pay-per-view are the the knockout title match and the world yes. title match. Eric Young and Rich Swan has ingredients of a great feud. It is not a great feud <laughs> because I think they've had to do too much. Like Rich Swan has been retired like fifteen times along the course of this. But it is good stuff and they're both doing a great job. The knockout title match I think will be great. The honor and Kylie Ray, they're both been doing terrific stuff. So I think it'll be a good show. Unfortunately, though, the story of the show um, is that that momentum is gone. Um, that's my take on it. Like, you may disagree. You're pretty close to it to me. But from where I'm sitting, it feels like they're back to square one in terms of, like, you know, buzz and people talking about the show. It just seems like no, it never builds. No, th- this is what always happens with Impact is they have a hot pay-per-view. I think this pay-per-view will be good, too, because the knockout title match is good. The, the tag team title match will probably still be a good match, even though... We don't think it should happen the way it's happening. Young and Swan will probably be good. Like both these guys are good workers. X Division title match, like that'll probably be a good match. Moose and EC3, alright, I don't know. Uh Ken Shamrock, Eddie Edwards, not quite sure about that one either. But uh the four title matches are probably gonna be good, right? That's what matters. Your your yeah, big four matches are gonna be good. Maybe you have a surprise in there or something, who knows? But then two days later, people are just they forget about it. Because there's just yes. so much other stuff. Not even two days, because WWE has had Hell in a Cell the next night, and so by the time Hell in a Cell starts, nobody's gonna remember what happened on this impact show. What's interesting is when was the last Slammiversary was the middle of July, correct? Yeah. And it was up against Extreme Rules was the night after. And I remember tweeting that Extreme I thought Slammiversary had more hype than Extreme Rules did. And I would stick by that. And I'm not saying it was a bigger show, because WWE's audience obviously, you know, but I think it had the similar amount of buzz. More, I would say. 
I could not say the same. No. For for this weekend, and I don't think Hell in a Cell has an immense amount of bars either. Like I just think, I don't know. I guess we should get into it a little bit. I mean, I I watch Impact. I think it's good. Like, it's fine. I never ever the next week I'm like, man, I cannot wait to see Impact, <laughs> and that is really hard to overcome, right? And that's why I end up having to watch seven of them in one day. It's not that I think the show's bad. I just wonder if the show has enough of an identity to make up for its kind of unavoidable issues. Because there's certain limitations they have, right? Like, I love Eric Young, but he's the world champ because that roster is what it is. It's a lot of talented guys, but there's not a lot of guys that are, like, cemented as as players. So, I don't know. Where are you on the product in general? You're right about the limitations. People are going to look at Eric Young, Rich Swan main event, and be like, why... This is your main event, like a guy who could barely get on WWE, not even barely, a guy who couldn't get on WWE television, and then a guy who was released and then kind of portrayed as an X-Division guy and who's been out of action for most of the year. Like, we haven't seen Rich Swan until Slammiversary. I don't think he's wrestled since Slammiversary. Like, he's been doing this angle with Eric Young, but he hasn't had, like, an actual wrestling match since then. So people are going to just look at that and kind of almost immediately dismiss it. Impact is just, they're at where they're at you know what i mean like they've been doing this for god 20 years how long has impact been around since 2002 2003 yeah Yeah. so they've been doing this for almost 20 years now and you know they achieved a certain point they never really got past that point they never really made the most of that point and then it's been downhill since then and that's just that's where they're at in the landscape and then aew came along immediately surpassed them WWE is obviously still WWE, so I just don't know what, I don't see there being like any type of real growth potential there unless they do land a better deal or unless someone, like unless they do get some type of game-changing star, but who's that going to be? Like WWE signs all these guys so quickly, and now AEW's there to where if you start getting a name and stuff, like you're going to want to go to AEW or WWE over wanting to go to Impact. Yeah, and I mean, this may sound silly to people, but I really believe there is like five stars that would be big enough that after a month of impact, people would still tune in. I, I really believe that. Like, I just, there are so many guys that we enjoy watching, but I promise you, if they was in the empty impact zone with Josh that's... Matthews commentating, it's the end. Then you're not going to tune in for them, you know? Yeah, that's the other thing is like the shows were what they were in front of the live crowds. These dead, empty arena impact shows, just even worse. Because at least WWE and AEW have some ambience and stuff there. It's just nothing with impact. Yeah. It's t- I feel bad. Like just, It feels like we hate the show. But I think it's both of us just kind of like almost conceding on the idea that it's just not... It's never going to happen, right? Like, impact's goal is just to be like competent and not be a complete hole in terms of finance, I guess. Like, I hope so. I mean, if they're really investing a ton of money and wanting to be a competitor, like, I would love to believe that's the case. That's a possibility, sorry. But I just, at this point, it seems like this is where they are. And I guess that's fine if they're happy with that, right? I don't hate Impact. I hate all of wrestling. So I'm not singling out Impact here. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. (laughs) But I, I, I would like, if you're watching this now, send a tweet to me. At Joe Hope, just, just tweet me at Joe Hope Five. Um, well done. I respect your bravery for both 
podcasting in a bunker as well as watching seven episodes of Impact. Are you? Are you? Po- is that why you're in the bunker? Because you had to yes. watch seven episodes of Impact? You're like, I can't do this. I've got to lock myself away for the, the time yeah. being. <laughs> yeah, I had to watch that Eric Young promo, the advert where he talks to himself. I watched that a hundred times. I think over the last day, very very tough times. But yes. Apparently, we haven't talked about WWE yet. You know people are going to be mad at us, Jeremy. Are they? I don't think The major be. leagues, pal. Court Bauer, take that. <laughs> uh, WWE Hell in a Cell is on Sunday. Ready for this monster card, Joe Holbert? Four yeah. matches. Four matches on this card. We have Jeff Hardy and Elias. Can't wait for that one. Uh, Hell in a Cell between Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. Haven't seen that before. Hell in a Cell I quit match between Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. And then Hell in a Cell between Bailey and Sasha Banks. We're going to single out Bailey and Sasha Banks here because I feel like we've talked about the top two matches a million times on this show. We've probably talked about this one a million times, but they're finally doing it. This is the big one-on-one match, the rematch from SmackDown two weeks ago that ended in a disqualification. They're going to settle the score inside Hell in a Cell, Joe. That is a bummer, right? <laughs> that does take the shine off of it a little bit. You think? I was like, yeah, you're right. You think? Because... Since we've been doing this show, this match has been like in motion in some way. They've been building to it in some way or another. But they actually did it two weeks ago, you're correct. Yeah. So, I mean, how much better, so much like, just how much better would it be if I could have sold that as like the rematch from NXT TakeOver Brooklyn? Like, it's the first one on one match. I'm not even sure if this is true, but it's the first one on one match since that match. And now it's like, yeah, it's the rematch from two weeks ago on SmackDown that went five minutes and ended in a DQ. Yeah, I mean, it's not ideal. Here's the the thing about this. This is why we, we singled this one out. There's been a lot of interesting discussion, and I, and I know I say interesting a lot when it's not actually interesting, but in this <laughs> case, I would suggest this is relatively interesting. I've, I've been I've been enjoying the discussion about whether or not this is a good feud. I mean, it's, I think we all agree it's going to be a good match, right? You know, if, if circumstance allows, they're going to have a great match. But I think their best segment came last week which really gave some life to what I think has been a pretty flat program, unfortunately. This week, Bailey's character needs something. Because last week, she did the deal where she was like, you know, she was basically um, scared is the wrong word. But she was doubting herself, right? And she didn't sign the contract. This week, Bailey needs to either rebound, whether it's Friday or Sunday in some way. Because character-wise... These characters don't feel awful strong for two characters that had every belt like three months ago. And I'm not blaming them for that. It's just the program has been like, you know, the traditional playbook for a, just a standard pay-per-view match. And that's so weird to me because spent, they spent a year getting here. It's just odd, but I'm sure the match would be great. More about you, Jeremy. By the way, this would have been, if they did not do the match on SmackDown, this would have been their first one-on-one match since 2018 on television which was when i'm ready for this really when raw gm or raw captain alexa bliss made them wrestle each other for the final spot on the survivor series team wow you're correct do you know how that match ended i assume you do no no contest (laughs) oh actually you know what in their last three televised matches they had a match at a house show their last three televised matches all ended no contest or, or a DQ. <laughs> so was 
I'm trying to think. Was that the finish where like all the heels? It must have been. Oh, that I one. don't okay. remember the finish. I don't I'm know. asking you. This. Um, yeah. I, I think it was that one. Uh, anyway, are you excited about this, Jeremy? I was excited about this a month ago when the turn happened, and then it lost like all juice after the turn. They they don't know how to keep people off of television. Like this is my issue: is that they break Sasha Banks' neck. And then she's just back the next week or two weeks later. She's got her neck brace. Yep, holding holding the neck. She's really selling it there. She gets attacked by Bailey again, which I liked. Like I, I didn't mind the satellite interview where she got attacked by Bailey again. That was fine. But then she's just back again a week later. And then the the clash of champions nonsense where she just attacks her and she's fine, but she's holding her neck to make it seem like she's hurt. And, but just just so dumb. And you're right. It's become just straight out of the WWE playbook of, hey, we'll do a bunch of attacks, we'll have you call her a bitch, um, and that's and that's it. You guys are going to have a match. And that's what it is. I thought their segment was good on on SmackDown, but that's about all it was. It was it was good. It was a good segment. I thought Sasha, Sasha did well of, hey, I don't think, or I wasn't going to attack you, you turned on me. I'm really upset about this. Like, it added something to it. But you, you've said it before of, like, Sasha spent months just with Bailey bullying her and stuff. And now we're supposed to just believe, okay, because Bailey attacked her and she says she wasn't going to attack her first, that we're supposed to root for her. Like, we're just supposed to throw away pretty much everything that's happened over the last year with Sasha being a terrible person just because Bailey is now a more terrible person. But Sasha could be lying. She's been a whole year lying. Uh, who's to say yeah. she's not lying now? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, it's an interesting element of the story that they've finally added something to it. Like, it was good to do that, but I just... Until you tackle the, that elephant in the room of whether or not I'm supposed to like her, like, right now the angle appears to be that while they're both bad people, one of them is a more trustworthy bad person. She's more loyal to friends. And it's like... Based sure. on her words, not any actions. Right. Just based on her and words. I understand that for a lot of people this is nonsense because they, they like the legit boss anyway. And that's fine. I mean, we both think this match is going to be great and we, like, we both have faith in them to his performance. It's just... I don't think that's good storytelling. Like, I, to me, that's just laziness at that point. Now, again... There's a week, there's a Friday left, right? So last week they took a step. Maybe this week they'll they'll kind of help that some. Or better yet, maybe the cell match is just a start, and we're going to see her right those wrongs as we go here. But until they're feuding, they do that they're feuding until April. So just get ready. I think that SmackDown intends to do the Bianca Belair push, but I okay. think that's going to be your Royal Rumble winner. Is okay. my prediction. So, yes, you're correct. Until then, they will be they will be facing each other. But I'm I'm saving one <laughs> slot open at WrestleMania. Okay, so I don't know. Man. I hope it's a good match for all the people that are really invested. But personally, until they get past certain storytelling steps, it's like, yeah, it's one. Remember when they spent five months doing faces and side eyes yeah. and stuff? Yes. Like, was this mentioned once at all? You have one unheard message. <laughs> Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop. 
and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill all during all these promos like why can't bailey just say you say you're not going to attack me i saw how you were looking at my titles like you were just waiting for your opportunity as well neither of this granted like none of this makes either of them come off any better but at least i don't have to pretend like sasha banks is now all of a sudden this great person like i'm if bailey bailey should call her out on her actions as well and then okay it's still two kind of not great people arguing and about to fight who you're supposed to root for sometimes you don't maybe you don't have to root for anybody you know sometimes there's just shades of mm -hmm. gray stuff but i'm just supposed to now pretend that sasha is like just this great person without any retort from bailey and that's kind of my hang-up with all this yeah i agree this is why i hated the like when banks went to raw and they did the, all the titles deal because before that it was pretty straight and narrow of like bailey was taking advantage of yeah of their friendship right but like the raw stuff, which just made me dislike both of them, in a good way, by the way. I'm not, I'm not saying like you know, it, as heels they did a good job, but they were just dicks to everyone. And it's like Banks pursued her own stuff and happily would would happily have Bailey try to like threaten to kill Kyrie Sane for the sake of a title. And like, I don't like either of these people. If it just stayed as her helping Bailey, that's one thing because she was blinded by friendship. But when it started going both ways, it muddied it for me a little bit. I just. I guess my biggest thing is, and I know that whenever you say this stuff, people go, you know, everyone wants long-term stories until you get them. Like, I understand, but with all that time invested, like, it's got to get better than this, right? <laughs> like, there's got to be a, there's got to be an idea to make this better. Like, hopefully, this is just the start because if it's just hell in the cell and then they're done, man, what was even the point of a year going into this match? It, it couldn't feel less like that to me. It just feels like a cool match on both of you. So. Hopefully they will be able to change that perception on Sunday. Do you think this main events? No, no. I think um, Jay and Roman main events, right? I mean, the last last month they went on last, and it was like the most sort of popular among fans match they've had in a long time. I feel like, I mean, people are gonna hate this, but to me, it's just not as as hot a match right now as Jay and Roman. So maybe I'm biased. I'm not sure. You're also doing three cell matches on this right. show. Like yeah. I think two is overkill when they do that. Now they're doing three. And one is an I quit match. I think Jay and, and Roman main events as well. Um let's talk about these other two matches. Any thoughts on well, I guess other three matches. Any thoughts on these other three matches? Is this finally Orton's time to win? Like if he's not winning here, what has been this feud? And it's I'm not, just a feud. Yeah, like, I'm not saying, look, I, I don't think, like, the heel has to win in the end, but, like, he's beaten him twice now. 
if you're just doing this match just to do this match, and then or and McIntyre's just gonna beat him the whole time. I mean, I'm. I think you know where I stand. I mean, I appreciate as the host of the show, you have to sort of frame these things a certain way, but I'm fully of the belief that either Sunday or Monday, the clown will have his hammer and he'll hit Drew over the head. Wait, wait, hold the mic out. There's a nice, like, sort of echo when you said, like, the clown. Like, hold it just away. The the clown. (laughs) I don't know. Good? Yeah. Is it because I did this? I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, the clown, he will hit Drew with his hammer and then. Um, they'll do his music and he'll he'll go let me in and then <laughs> and then and then I'll log on and it, people will get very mad again and they'll say I should have learned title pictures don't suit the clown but it doesn't matter I've stressed this Jeremy be fair to me Jeremy a lot of this was off air how long ago did I say to you that Raw will be their show like I said this didn't I I was very yes. clear with you about this Look at Monday's show and tell me I was wrong. It is their show. So I understand that someone out there is watching this saying, I want to hear you talk about these two cell matches and you're talking about the clown again. I understand. But I'm just taking a quick victory lap because it is what it is, folks. They're all in. Okay, The clown is here to slay Drew. Poor Randall will go and feud with um, AJ Raw's Styles? second baby face. Who's Raw's second biggest baby face? Oh, I guess AJ Styles is a heel. <laughs> I don't think it matters. Yeah. Uh, Keith Lee? There you go. Randy and Keith Lee, there you go. <laughs> I mean, that match would be fine if, you know, Keith Lee didn't just lose to Braun Strowman, but what can you do? It's not like you control the booking or anything. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, you can do quite a lot, really. I mean, it's, um, here's my big thing for the cell. I hope that Jay and Roman produce a sequel that makes me remember the feud as fondly as I think I will right now. I'm fearful that they sh- they get a little bit cute with it because last one was very it was a brave move stylistically and I don't want them to be like okay we're golden now now let's do a full film scene in the middle of a cage like you know I don't think that's what fits here so I hope they just do a great match and I can leave this feud happily I'm very scared about them returning to it this soon but head in the cell I quit sounds good so. I'm optimistic. I just wish it didn't have two other cell matches on the same card, completely lessening the impact of the brutality of this match. There you go. Well, it's a brutal match. It ends careers. Randy Orton's <laughs> only had seven of them throughout his career. Yeah. Someone needs to, when they do these cell pay-per-views, and there's three of them, someone needs to come off TV afterwards because they sell it every year like it's a career ender and no one even takes two weeks off TV like it's just <laughs> dude they can't what did I just say they had Sasha get a broken neck and then she just shows yeah. up in a brace and it's like eh she's fine they they don't know how to do that especially now when they're so starved for any type of star power they're like no we can't have anybody off of television like they're missing Becky and Charlotte as it is who? Becky and sorry I didn't because the I was enjoying the clown stuff so much I'd forgotten. Who are they? Who are those people? They I mean, I'm stars. not the Becky. I don't know, but the Queen, Joseph, the Queen. The queen. Hashtag bow down. <laughs> the Queen is, she's like the ultimate one because you know for a fact every woman in the royal locker room is just like, man, it's coming soon. It's like a cloud hanging over me. The Queen. Five year, down. five year, uh, Charlotte Flair title reign. Look, Lana lost on Monday. I'm still very distraught over that. Uh, hopefully she gets her rematch on this show. I don't know what Asuka's doing on this show, but hopefully it's Nothing. against... Yeah. 
<laughs> let's talk. Let's talk about this clown. Maybe he's facing retribution because that seems to be what they're doing. They're doing this hurt business stuff. Um, I don't think. I think you're wrong. I don't think the clown shows up at the end of Orton and, and uh, McIntyre. I will say Jay Uso did an interview earlier this week that I listened to today, and he said the original plan was. Uh, Bray and Roman and then they switched course and they did Uso and Roman and then of course Bray moved to Raw clearly they want this guy in the title picture as as confirmed by you sources told you that they want Bray in the title picture I don't think he shows up in the cell that's that's my prediction I'm going against you here no I actually think you're right because I've just realized that if there's one cell match that definitely won't main event it's that one so it's more likely to do it on the Monday. Generally. You're correct. Your hot take has now been defeated by the fact that I agree with it. Therefore, there is no disagreement. I, I'm just glad we agree on the. the I don't think. That... I don't think he comes. I don't think he comes out Monday either. Oh, okay. Now you're just. Now you're just saying <laughs> it. He was on Raw five times this week. I'm pretty sure he's going to be on Monday. That's yeah. I mean, he's going to be on the show Monday, but I don't think he's going to okay. confront McIntyre on Monday. Did you enjoy when he beat up everyone in Retribution and not one fell swoop? Because personally, here's my thing with Retribution. It's like, if you're a big Mustafa Ali fan, which, like, fair enough, he's pretty awesome. I get why this bums you out. But if not, man, this was a real opportunity to have a laugh. And, like, you blew it if you got mad at this. This was hilarious. That's... Bobby Lashley beat the hell out of those men. He, was, he didn't sell. Cedric knocked out um, whatever Shane Fawn's gimmick now he, he killed him in the corner it was terrifying bob was bob was walking around just grabbing guys and then he put a phone else on it they were out of there i've never seen anything like it it was extraordinary and then yeah the clown came out and just beat them all down again but ali yes. cut a hell of a promo that's a great promo by ali he did yeah so <laughs> that final hour for, for retribution was strong it's just the first 20 minutes they got beat up like eight times it's tight it's tough out. i mean it is what it is to me it's like if you want to get them over as a top heel faction, I would just say, but you have the hurt business. Like, why? Why are we doing? Why are we trying to get a heel faction out when you have the hurt business? They are the best heel faction you've had in the longest time. So, I don't know. I don't get. It. I I don't understand it either. I, they tried to juice it with Ali. I never thought it was going to juice anything. Like, if they actually had plans for this group and wanted them to be something. They, they'll make who they want to make, and you'll know it fairly quickly. They clearly had no intentions to, to make this group, just like they've had no intentions to make somebody like Keith Lee. Like, it just it, it was fun, though. I mean, Ali cut a great promo. His delivery was wonderful, but I did appreciate they, they felt the need to put that sentence in there where he was like, and in case you haven't figured it out yet, I was the hacker on SmackDown. So thanks. <laughs> thanks, guys. I, really, I was very confused. He was talking about hacking. Maybe people are People give WWE so much credit on that stuff. I saw a tweet today, like Alexa tweeted in April 2019 that she was intrigued by the clown stuff, by Bray Wyatt Funhouse stuff. And people are just like, look, April 2019. She was saying it then. We knew it was coming then. And no, it's just no like, you're kidding. This no is what, one has said that. Yes. This Please. is what they're talking about today on the timeline, Joseph. <laughs> Did they not, like, Alexa Bish probably just saw the clip and was like, oh, that's good. <laughs> quote tweet. Yeah, she quote tweeted and said, I'm intrigued. And people are like, this is the first seed right here. 
I mean, it was. In, I'm sure you covered this, Jeremy, because you're the news man here, and I'm just in a bunker. But <laughs> you're in a bunker doing the news. Yes, it was interesting to read that she pitched working with Bray like many years ago. <laughs> did you see this? I'm not doing a bit. Yes, it was very interesting because I, I mean, on this show, publicly said I would never do the program again if she became Sister Abigail. And I mean, in all fairness, she's effectively become Sister Abigail. So yes. here I am in a bunker reacting to this news. <laughs> And it is, I have to say, she deserves immense credit for making this good because, or not good's probably the wrong word for it, um, <laughs> enjoyable because it could be terrible, couldn't it? Like, in all seriousness now, Jeremy, it's all silliness aside, it's quite compelling and she's been very good at it. It could be the worst thing on the show by a, a distance. <laughs> it could be the worst thing on the show. Fortunately for WWE, they have so much bad shit on their show that just like a halfway decent performance by Alexa and Bray bumps it up past Retribution, um, what else? Asuka's, how they've booked Asuka, pretty much everything else on the show. Who Lashley's the US champion. I like Lashley. They're not really doing anything with that. Uh, the tag team division just as a whole, like just doing just good performances can bump it past actual booking. Okay, let me put... I'm going to be more mean. I'm going to put it this way. Imagine... Take Alexa out and insert Liv Morgan. How good do you think this angle's been? It's it's just as good. <laughs> Incredible play. I like respect. <laughs> you never know who's watching this show. Carol. Uh, when are we getting Alexa in the clown mask, by the way? This is all I want. I was really disappointed. That's too far. I was a little bit kind of like, eh. <laughs> when she came into the funhouse, like, I thought it was going to be more elaborate, like what she wore. Yeah. Because Bray's wholesome. Now, that that looked with many things, but it was not wholesome, Jeremy Lambert. I mean, it was not. So I thought we were going to get the tutu, the colors, all that good stuff. Yeah, she just came in with the, the Freddy Krueger gear that she wore a bunch of years ago. I was like, all right, yeah. cool. You just wore... But yeah, I want I wanted the, the Sparkle Sparkle Alexa Bliss something. And then I want the clown mask. Give me clown mask Alexa. Yeah, I think they're going to need to do like... They're going to have to do something. Maybe they just go full face paint. That's that fine. Fun? Yeah, what was the face paint that she wore for that one video where she was doing like hand claps and stuff? You know, you know what I'm talking about? that was a mask. Was that a mask? I thought that... it was all face paint. It was like Extreme that Rules. Was... It was like an Extreme Rules promo. No, it was... Um... No, I'm oh, looking this up. She said the name of the baby. That was the ad. She kept saying it over and over. <laughs> um, oh dear. Was it, it was not extreme, extreme rules? No. Oh. This is great audio. <laughs> while we, while we try to figure this out. This was many years ago. Now it know, was. It was. They have so different. many, uh, so many stupid pay-per-view names. Was it No Mercy? Yeah, No Mercy. Show, show, No Mercy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it was. It looks like face paint here. Maybe it's a mask. Okay. No, that's definitely face paint. Okay, we'll we'll do that then. Okay, that was, that's what that she that needs. Was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. That's fine. Um, there's nothing else on Hell in a Cell. So what else we got? Oh, retro review. We're we're watching Halloween Havoc 1992 in, in honor of Pat McAfee's Halloween Havoc next week on Wednesday night. Spin the Wheel, Make a Deal is coming back. So Jake Roberts and Sting spun the wheel. 
and we got a coal miners glove match. I'm going to do my live watch along, and Joseph is going to repeat quotes from Tony Schiavone. Bad news, my friend. <laughs> oh, no. I did not think about this. This is the Jim Ross Jesse Ventura team. Oh. All right, well, so you're going to repeat quotes from Jim Ross then. Bad news again, my friend. Because <laughs> initially I was very happy because I thought, okay, Jesse and Jim very seldom sounded like they got on. This should be fun. No. These two men put in a competent announcing performance, and I have not one quote of this. Absolutely. This, this firstly, I think I was thinking of a different match. <laughs> so there's a moment in this that is famous, and it's the finish, where Jake the Snake bites him, which is the best metaphor in the history of wrestling when you look at where Jake was at in his career at this time. <laughs> but other than that, like, it's just a fine match. And I thought it was, I seem to recall it being hilariously bad. But nonetheless... Are you thinking of like a blindfold um, match or something? I don't know. I'm old. Um, so <laughs> Steen, he was very confused about the coal miner's glove, like everyone. I did some research, and remember when about 40 minutes on, ago on this show, I said that people should stop mentioning Dave Meltzer. Uh, Dave Meltzer reported in 1992 that this was in fact rigged, because there's been a myth for many years... Uh, which is incredible because Dave mentioned at the time that it was, it was rigged. There was a myth that WCW just span the wheel and was like, we'll figure it out, see what comes up. And this was the result. That is not the case. I, I can confirm. Sources say. Why would anyone think it wasn't rigged? Because WCW... I'm pretty sure at one time WCW intended to rig it and failed to. There's a lot of tout just about incompetence with WCW. That makes sense. So the reason it was this match, according to Dave, was that they couldn't get... They couldn't bleed at this time. The climate had changed. The only problem with that is, is this show ends with Jake's snake biting him and Jim Ross screams, he's bleeding, he's bleeding, <laughs> while blood appears on Jake. So, I don't know how, what sense that makes. There you go. Okay. This show is... In, yes, this so little content for the match, so I'm now talking about the show. This is the show... Jake which, is immediately uh, trying to climb this pole. He's like, I'm just going to get this glove, and that's going to be yeah. it. This show is the most similar a 90s show ever was to like a modern WWE pay-per-view that sucks because the crowd hates everything. The opener is the veterans. I think it's Bobby Eaton, Arn and Michael Pierce Hayes versus like three young, I think it's, you know, buffs in there and, and Bill Watts is doing this big youth movement and Philly just buries these young guys, kills them. Very modern WWE. This is also the show where supposedly, um, a month removed from their five-star classic match, Rick Rude and Chono show up for their rematch, and allegedly uh, Cowboy Bill tells Chono to dumb it down here in America, and they have the worst <laughs> match in the history of wrestling. And they sit in a hold while people fight in the crowd. This really happened. Like, so, <laughs> Why didn't we review this? Why didn't we review the crowd the fight? Because it's 20 minutes long. We are not watching that match. Here's the <laughs> thing about this, and the reason I'm explaining all this is... I've only ever watched this match on the back of all that awfulness. So it always seemed worse. Watching it like this, it's like it's just a fine Jake Roberts match. They are what they are. They're logical. They're smart. They're somewhat boring. It's fine, especially <laughs> at this time, because Jake's at a certain point in his life. There is also on this show, I don't know if you recall this one, Jeremy, the famed Paul Lee promo in which he's very sexist towards Medusa. Do you recall this? Have you seen this? No. Okay. Well, I have no follow-up because you've not seen it. I'll leave it there. I don't want to spoil it for you. <laughs> you can spoil it. What, what does he say? Don't don't tease the audience like that. He, they can deliver on a sexist promo. 
he goes berserk. He starts screaming. He's spelling out woman. He's he, you know, he's off the rails. He says that, um, well, he, at one point he says the only reason Medusa got her job was because the hooker was... It's quite the tale. It's, it's something to see. <laughs> Philly likes it very much. Um, but Medusa beats him up. And the best part about it, which was my point, I believe, was that when Medusa hits Paul E, she's so frightening that Vader runs away, which is one of my favourite little WCW <laughs> runs. So there you go. Um, so they, these two men have like a good match for two minutes. And the crowd is like into it. They're going wild every time someone goes near the pole, which is legitimately massive, by the way. I don't know if you can see. The it is. The they they is just small. somebody referenced that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar would have trouble climbing this pole. Yes, or as <laughs> Jesse just cuts out the middleman. He just just says Kareem Jabbar. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I don't need names. Who needs them? Okay. Um, so yes, this happens, and then Sting decides this is too much fun, and I, as the babyface of the match, will grab an arm lock and sit in center ring with Jake. Um, this is quite the tale, because here's the thing here, Jeremy. In 1992, Sting has three WCW classics on pay-per-view. He has two matches with Vader, the initial one in which Vader shocks the world and beats him like pretty easily. They do the whole like Clubber Lang deal. Right. And then the eventual rematch at Starcade in the illustrious King of Cable tournament in which Sting redeems himself, which is a classic match. I recommend everyone watch that. And in the middle, he has the Cactus Jack match where Cactus just goes berserk and flies on the floor all the time. Then, in between all of this, he has this match. And here it is. And for some reason, he slows things down. The crowd goes silent. They don't understand what's going on. Then Jake gets a steel chair and strangles Sting with his wrist tape. And then he hits a DDT. Something then happens that allows Sting to do like a swing around the big pole. Uh, which is an interesting phrase I've decided to use at this time. He swings around the pole. He climbs up to retrieve the coal miner's glove. And in the meantime... I'm at Sting. Thing, Sting's got a nice hammer lock going right That's now. the portion I was talking about where Sting decided it was too much fun. All right, so I can, like yeah, I mean, he, he he was working through... He's I've skipped now for a minute. So he was in this hole for like a full-on minute. Jake yes. trying to climb this pole, by the way. Sting will actually is like jumps up and tries to like strip a pole up it. Jake is just like going to stand on the turnbuckle and not even make an attempt to to try to wrap his legs around to try to shimmy up this pole. Yes. He's like, "Nope, come get me before before this gets out of hand here." The size of the pole is definitely the biggest spoiler as the result of the match. Yeah. Cuz there is no way Jake was ever going up there. So that's fine. Um, so then, yes, our friend, the aforementioned Cactus Jack runs out, and he gives Jake his snake. He's um, in this hole I'm, again. Oh, my God. I wasn't kidding. I'm actually glad you're doing this to, to give some credibility to what I'm saying, because this Jesus. was quite amazing. Yeah, he's he's in this hole. There, there's like two one-minute segments of of Jake being in this arm hold. Which is so odd, because it was the other way around. At least the crowd would like be coming up for Sting, right? Like, they're just sitting in a hole with heel Jake Roberts working from underneath. <laughs> it's bizarre. I didn't get it. So, um, Cactus Jack gives him his snake. Jake gets his snake, and it bites him, but then it doesn't want to bite him, so he has to force it on his own face, falling to his back, so Sting can win in one of the flattest pay-per-view finishes you'll ever see, because poor Jake has visibly just forced a snake to bite him, which is a tragic way to encapsulate this run um, it is worth noting that Snake bit Jake um, was le- he left the territory like two weeks later 
So, yeah, he, this really was, in many ways. Sting, I mean, Sting just did the wrap around the pole and then he hits a back elbow. It's tremendous. He does, he does the big elaborate move and he just swings his elbow. Yeah, and he just hits a back elbow. That's yeah. tremendous. All right, Cactus Jack is coming out now. Here we go. Do some play-by-play of this because this is quite the image. All right, Stinger, ahead, Stinger's Jack. climbing up the pole. He's got the coal mine in his glove. He's got the glove, Joe. Our friends are blind, but... <laughs> Things coming down the pole. Jake's got to look out. Jake has got. Jake has got. Oh, Jake's got a snake. He just pinned him. What? What just happened? Why? Oh, the snake is. <laughs> Poor Jake has to force a snake onto his own face. I couldn't even tell what was going on, but yeah, you can tell he like pulls it away for a moment and then realizes he needs to like put it back on. Yes, and he's just holding it there because it's obviously not going to dangle because it hasn't latched on or anything. What? Yeah. <laughs> so this um, this leads into the King of Cable tournament in which Jake cuts promos for it, and then he just just vanishes from the tournament. It's it's incredible. I mean, <laughs> and Bill Watts. This is remember this is in nineteen ninety two. Bill Watts, I believe, does like the promo of like. You know, we wish Jake the best in his personal life. Like, good lord, how bad must it have been for Bill Watts to cut that time <laughs> on the way out? I mean, I, this time of WCW is very interesting because there's a lot of elements about it that I enjoy. But man, when it was bad, it was real bad. And this is a good example of being really, really bad. Real bad. Jake is stumbling after being bit by this cobra, trying to make it to the back. Cactus Jack just really doesn't care. He's like trying to guide him. He's like, come on, yeah. come to the back. Like, dude, if you really cared, help him up, and you know. But he's just like, no. He's, would you agree? He's leading the, best, the way. Would you agree? The best part of the match is, is Cactus' face when he's running to the ring. Yeah. <laughs> the glee in his eyes as he runs out of the snake is great. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, this is the saddest thing about this is, on a more serious note, is that this build is legitimately awesome, and Jake looks like he really fits in, and then he's gone before you know it. So, yeah, that's that kind of that's kind of a bummer for me. All right, Joseph, you know what we're watching next week, right? I don't, but I'm very scared about what it could be. Halloween Havoc. What was it called? Halloween Havoc 1989, I believe. What, the Chamber of... Um, yes, the this? Chamber of Horrors. It's not... Oh, there's a Thunderdome cage, but I don't want the Thunderdome. We want we want Chamber of Horrors. What year was this? Are you talking about the one with Abby in the yeah. electric chair? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I watched it a week ago. I... <laughs> well, you don't have to watch again then. No, I will. That's the worst part. <laughs> Why'd you watch it a week ago? Uh, Halloween Havoc is the October play. If I have time, oh, okay. I'm watching Havoc. You know? All right, Mostly nine... just shenanigans. All right, 1991 is the, the Chamber of Horrors match. Okay, I'm going to warn you. This is uh, the fairness here, live on air. <laughs> um, That match... Is not as bad as, as you probably remember. No, it, no, I don't remember it being bad. Honestly, okay. I have not watched it in forever. I don't remember it being like terrible. I just remember the end of the match where. <laughs> right, yeah. that's really it. That's like that's what we're going for here. The end of the match. That's fine. I, I just ensure because I definitely had the idea that it was like an all-time bad match, and in reality, it's just a lot of guys like walk and brawl, and yeah. then eventually get to the awesome finish, which is. Perhaps peak WCW. <laughs> I mean, if it isn't 2000, it can't be peak WCW in terms of bad wrestling, but it's pretty good, I've got to say. Yes. The finish is iconic. 
yeah the, that's i mean that's what we're going here for is the, is the big finish um and that'll be the end of uh pat mcafee's nxt month or pat mcafee's halloween havoc month well I and mean, it's also pat mcafee's nxt is this a thing we're doing jeremy can you please warn me about this is this something every week we're going to report back on pat mcafee that's the only person we we're talking about from nxt pat mcafee's unbanned the the rest of the brand still banned but we will talk about pat mcafee he made his triumphant return last night he took out undisputed era he helped oni and and uh danny birch win the titles oni throw him up you know everybody loves oni on twitter you know everything's in all caps and stuff it's great he's finally he's finally got a title and the goat pat mcafee is there am i supposed to speak now no okay all right I mean, I haven't seen it, so I have no idea what you're talking about, but it sounds great. I mean, <laughs> I would assume they wasn't the original idea for this spot. Am I about my mind here? It feels like this is not the optimal spot for the only Lorcan and the Danny Birch. I, I have no idea what else happens on this program. I'm just reporting on Pat McAfee stuff, all right? I don't know what else okay. is going on on NXT. I have watched NXT for the last, like, two weeks. Why? So I'm back in. Why? I'm in the game. Why? I don't, I'm, I'm losing my mind. I'm stuck in a bunk. <laughs> So, I'm I'm adhering to the code of honor. I have Okada looking over me, and sometimes I watch NXT. Yes, yes. <laughs> honor is real, Jeremy. I can't speak on. I haven't seen it. I mean, I saw a clip of the promo, and everyone has done the bit by now. So there's no good me just saying like he's better than. The, yeah, Jeremy, he's better than the NXT guys. Of course he is. Everyone's done that. Who cares? He's like a professional talker at this point. Who cares? Yeah. Right. Good for Pat McAfee. He's a better promo than Danny Birch. <laughs> Bravo. And look, they, they should put the title on Pat McAfee. I don't even know who the champion is in NXT. It should be Pat McAfee. That's all I'm saying. What is actually the deal with Finn? Is he not... Who? Like, sorry? Who? Finn, uh, yeah, you're right. You know what? Let's go back to the code of honor. So, <laughs> do you know, Jeremy, that honor is real? That's what I've heard. Talking? I've heard honor yeah. is real. Should we do... Here's what we're going to do. We're going to make a Patreon, and every week we're going to do a watch along of one minute of the seven-hour DVD of Brian Danielson, the American Dragon. And you can, you can pay to join us for the watch along. We do one minute every week, okay? And by my maths, in about 20 years, we will be there, folks. We have completed the collection of the Brian Danielson American Dragon Express. I cannot wait until our one-minute review is like the opening sequence and it's just like a long lockup like <laughs> Brian Brian and Kenta lockup That's it great sequence great Brian Brian stares at the crowd <laughs> Come back next week see what happens Yeah that works for me I mean it's about as much detail as we give now so why not yeah. right we might as well I just uh, wanted to make clear that honor is real that's all We got to do, do this every time suggestion. Yeah here's a suggestion <laughs> You know how in uh, the pure title tournament they can only have three rope breaks each? Yes. We should have our own equivalent of rope breaks. We can only do them three times per show. No, this sounds terrible, but go ahead, pitch it so for I example, can shoot for example, it down. I can only say the clown three times. If I go over that, I I don't know what the equivalent you of You've got to sing the Sasha Banks' theme song. On, on that case, no one is <laughs> What did you think, by the way? Did you have a big hot take on, on the legit boss's cool entrance on Friday that went viral? Because I saw some people, they were brave enough, they were bold enough, and they were daring enough to say, 
this was not the correct entrance for the legit boss character. Which oh, was, I uh, saw. I was like, what do you mean went viral? She just did her normal entrance. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. She glad she, it was a bit. It was different. I ain't gonna do an impression of it. For sake of no, it, why not? No, I don't understand. Very, You're wearing blue, like she wore. I don't think I even have space to do it. <laughs> quite frank, but it was definitely it was elaborated. And it went. Some people were clipping it, and then there was every once in a while I would see a tweet of someone being brave enough to be like, "No respect for this business." What, I, I was like, oh. what is this Sasha Banks entrance? This is what I'm looking up now. She just did like her dance thing. I don't know. It's, dance is probably the wrong word. Yeah, but that, that's what she always does. She does the little, you know, that thing right there. That's what she does, right? <laughs> I think so. When that hits, I just saw a couple of tweets about it. I'm just, you know. <laughs> Just, I'm just trying, trying my best here, okay? I thought I'm, it was I'm the same entrance up. and people were mad at, like, this is a blood feud. What's she doing doing this entrance? It's the same thing as, like, the Miz when he was facing Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt's breaking into his house and stuff, and Miz has got this big match, and Miz comes out and he just does the... the got to do the points and everything, you know? Yeah, yeah. Here's a, my brother has asked me to shout him out on this week's podcast, so I'm going to do so by making a fool of him here on air. <laughs> he legitimately, he watches SmackDown and he says to me, I really don't like Sasha Banks' new theme. And I was like, okay, here, I don't know how you want me to tell you this. Do you know how long she's had that new theme? <laughs> One year she's had that theme for. A full year. That's our little attention. My brothers, that's the, that's the shout you get. Okay, that's what you're getting this week. No more than that. Jeremy, have you seen the entrance yet? Will your brother come on the show and sing the theme don't song? Say that. <laughs> he may. He wants. This is. You don't know how on the nose you are with it. I'm leaving it there because this could get out of hand. Okay, this is going to be quite the fiasco. I need to get out of this bunk. I need to figure out and stand up after this. To be quite honest, this is this has been a real. T- are you still searching? Yeah, because I don't know what I'm I'm entering in here. I, like I, Sasha Banks entrance October. What was the date that this show happened? Um, no, I don't know. What was the date? Hold on. I'll, I'll say this. I think Jeff Hawkins was one of the people brave enough to do it. October 16th, okay. And I love the Jeff Hawkins, and I think he was one of the people bold enough, daring enough. Here we go, I got it. I got the entrance. It's on YouTube as as Sasha Banks' sexy entrance. (laughs) (laughs) For anybody who wants to look it up, that's what it is. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. That's glorious, okay. (laughs) Alright. It's boss time. There's one minute here. (laughs) You do play by Yeah, yeah. Alright, so she's just walking out. She's got her hands. She's going like this step, little hip movement, little side look. And she like dips low. And then she does all this. And then she does that little thing that she does right there. Glasses off. And then it was like more that. elaborate, right? And then I, it seemed like the same entrance to me. I mean, I can't say that I pay attention to Sasha Banks' entrance every week, but. But you knew she had a new theme, though, right? You did know a year ago when she got the new theme. Yeah, this is yeah. A new theme. Yes, yeah, yeah, the Snoop Dogg like, theme. It would take a serious level of dumb to not realise <laughs> that, right? It really would. But I just, I thought it was like a director's cut of the usual entrance. And some people, daring enough, again, Jeff, you're not listening to this show, but if you were, shout out to you. They were bold enough, they were daring enough, they did it. So there you go. I saw her uh, do the same entrance during halftime of Monday Night Football in the Star Wars trailer. So, you know, this is the thing. <laughs> I haven't made enough enemies on this show, but that was a personal shot, people. And I, I will not... St- I don't take you stat... Look, I'm in the middle on that. See the bunker? Middle. <laughs> the Duke boss? Jeremy Lambert. I'm in the middle. No way. I'm not getting involved. 
I love the legit boss. I had ha- hashtag boss time uh, in my in my profile for a while. You did. That was short lived though. It didn't yeah. get over as much as bow down. No, bow down got over way bigger than boss time. I mean, look, I'm. I don't know what that means. I'm just talking about my personal Twitter metrics. Yeah, I mean, this show has basically become a show about Twitter now. So, like, just carrying <laughs> on that way. How shameful do you think it is that Bob O'Neill like celebrates his draft conquests on this show? Makes me feel sick. Does he? No, but I mean, we could pretend he does for the same show. It's just disgusting. I have him muted, so I have no idea what he says. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. The hat is impressive, though. In live motion, the hat is quite. Like, if someone someone came up to me, Jeremy, I was walking the street and someone said, Joe, watch the draft. Great show. You're a big star. Can I have an autograph? And I said, Yes. What did you think of the draft? And they were like, Well, you've done better. And I thought about it, and I was thinking, I think what made me nervous was Bob's hat. <laughs> I mean, we all had hats, and I just thought it was an even, like, you know, level playing ground. And I looked at Bob, and I thought, this guy, that's a different level of hat. Like, that's, you know, it's one thing to see it in just still images, but in motion on a, on a Skype chat is, is something different. I wasn't ready for it, I gotta say. That's just poor planning on your part. You knew the hats were part of this. Like, that's, yeah. that's just poor game planning. Yeah, and I just didn't know enough of the talent that had high up, so high upsides, high upsides, <laughs> high IQs, um, work high ethic. motors, yeah, high motors. Yeah. The Coach's one that was son pointed out to me was that when I took Ricochet, Robert followed that up by saying, "I take Montez Ford. Have you seen his frog splash?" And I wish I'd have noticed how funny that was at the time because I had just picked <laughs> Ricochet, but I did not. But he did something about you know, great athlete, love the upside. Really looking forward to getting involved in the franchise, you know. <laughs> just that... I, look, I'm, I have no problem with Rob. I just can't wait for next year's draft. That's what I'm saying. That's all. I don't, I mean, he's not I'm coming back I, next year. Oh, is he banned? Yeah. Should, we ban, should we ban him? He's already, I thought you banned right? him. Yeah, true. You're banned, Rob O'Neill. I spent way too much time talking about him. Way too much shine on this show. Joseph... We spoke about Impact for like 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to do? I... I'm in a bunker, dude. What do you like, what do you want from me? I'm trying here, okay? Joseph, do you have features this week? I do. I have one about your favorite wrestler, Grand Slam Pam. Bailey. Oh, I thought you were talking about Dominic Mysterio. You got the you no. got uh you got you got Pam? Yes. She quote tweeted our account earlier. I say our now, because I think I'm a big shot of Fightful. <laughs> and she said consistency. It just so happens that my feature this week is called When Commitment Meets Consistency. Bailey, we're in sync. Love to see it. That's this week. I hope she um, quote tweets it. Yes. I don't know when it's out, but soon probably. That, I did the AEW report card today, which, um, I mean, if you expect a hot take on Jericho MJF after watching this show, <laughs> no clue. No clue how you manage that. There you are. So, you got that, and then... I do other stuff. I don't know. There's loads of. There's just tons of stuff going on, Jeremy. At this point, how, how can I know? You know, there's just when you get to this level of fame and you're stuck in a bunker, it's really hard to keep track of the work going on. It really is. I've got to say, but things are happening. Follow me on Twitter, and you might find some of it. Follow him on Twitter at Joe Hobart Five. You can follow me at Jeremy Lambert eighty eight. I'm doing things. Fightful. Yeah, Jesus Okada back there. Yep. Uh, everyone go to fightful.com leave a thumbs up on the video subscribe to youtube youtube.com slash fightful uh, subscribe to fightful select sean's got news we got interviews with bret hart this week 
That guy. Who'd he ever beat? Yeah. Jeremy Lambert. Somebody. Somebody. He's counter-programming in, against us, of course. Um, Sean's doing a bunch of other interviews as well. So check that out. Me personally, I'm I'm previewing Hell in a Cell with Denise for Sports Kita tomorrow. Uh, I have no idea what we're talking about. It's a four-match card. What are we supposed to talk about on this Here's show? Here's what you need to do. Okay. Give me advice. Give me advice for this Hell in a Cell preview. You need to prepare some, like, incredible takes <laughs> on Elias versus Jeff Hardy. Here's my, here's my encouragement, okay? okay? I want you to find if they've ever wrestled each other before, which I assume they have. Probably. I want you to get records. I want you to get times. And the biggest thing I want you to do is I want you to compile an average star rating for Elias pay-per-view <laughs> matches and use that to guide whether you're excited or not on this match. That's what okay. I'd like to do. All right, I will 100% do this. I like, I have no idea what else okay. I'm talking about on this show. Uh, Tuesday, we'll be back reviewing the Elias album, actually. We're going to review that on Tuesday. Uh, our friend Joel... If I'm Par- in this bunker for that show, <laughs> this, this show is done. I'm telling you that now, okay? Carry on. You've got a guest. You're right. Yeah, our friend Joel Pearl is going to be on the show. He He's an actual musician, so... I have no idea. He's gonna he's gonna talk about the, the the guitar riffs and how you go from chord to chord, all that technical stuff. We're just gonna be like, eh, good song, whatever. <laughs> I love yeah, when that could be he's tough. That could be tough for I us. love when people come on this show and try to be professional. It's like what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. Happens a lot, doesn't it, really? <laughs> yeah. At this point at this point Michael Thompson's gonna come on next time, we're like, geez, calm it down, Mike. <laughs> It's a pretty relaxed show we have over here. Right? It's tough. It's tough to come on as a guest and not just immediately be like overwhelming us with your professionalism. And I've legitimately, the last 20 minutes, I've just spoken about Twitter and a one like debate about someone's entrance that I didn't even remember. That's where we're at. At this point. I'm in a bunker. I don't know what's going on. We need help. Okay, If you want to be on the show, tell Jeremy. He can come on. I, I will happily just sit like this. And you do the show. I'm here for appearances, but I don't, I don't need to, you know... I would rather not be relied upon for, for interesting opinions at this point. I have none. None left to give. Uh, we'll be back Tuesday doing that. TEW series is Sunday, Joseph? Sunday TEW yes. series? Okay. Free pay-per-view, and that will be an adventure in itself. Yes. yes. We'll do that. Uh, before Hell in a Cell, come join us. <clears throat> and don't watch us play TEW and give us booking advice if you would like. And then next Thursday, we'll be back with another show talking about all the great news in the world of professional wrestling. We'll talk to everybody then. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.